listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. I have Susan here. Susan, in one line, give me your name, your title, and the name of your fund. Susan Mooring, Investment Principal at Cortado Ventures. Wonderful. What inspired you to become a venture capitalist or investor? Yeah, I fell in love with startups. When I was in college, I knew that I wanted to work with startups and technology. I had some internship experience doing tech commercialization for national labs and for universities. So I just like really fell in love with this intersection of of this like groundbreaking novel new technology. What should we do with it? How do we turn it into a business? But I didn't know I wanted to work in venture. That's something I stumbled on later in life. I am based in Oklahoma, which is not necessarily a hotbed for venture activity, but we're working on it. And I just had such a passion for helping startups develop in Oklahoma that when Cortado, the fund that I worked for, started three years ago, I wanted to jump on board. It was just another aspect, another way that I could be involved with supporting the startup ecosystem here in Oklahoma. That's awesome. Tell me about your thesis and what was the motivation behind the thesis at Cortana Ventures? As I mentioned, Oklahoma's not historically been exactly a hotbed for venture or for stock startups. And so I think what I love about our thesis is we've really leaned into what we're good at as a state and as a region. So we invest in uh, primarily B2B tech companies, seed through Series A with a particular emphasis on companies that are selling into what you would think of as middle of the country legacy sectors. So we love energy tech, aerospace, supply chain, logistics, manufacturing, healthcare, all of those things that you would envision having big enterprise customers for here in this part of the country and that have big, outdated problems that are ripe for solving. We have entrepreneurs in the region that have worked in those industries for their entire career, who have seen those problems firsthand and now want to build technology solutions to solve them. So that sort of, that sweet spot is really where we like to invest. So we generally stay away from consumer apps. No, no dating apps for us. Be, be like, careful when you say that. Season. I also said I'd never do a dating app and then four dating there apps later. Go. Yeah, be careful about there that. There you go. <laughs> We're not the people that are going to pick the hottest new trend in, in consumer tech or in fashion or in CPG. So we know that. And instead, we want to lean into our expertise and invest in B2B tech companies and legacy sectors. That's awesome. 
So do you happen to see some more emphasis in your region around manufacturing or things of that nature? We do. An interesting example, like everybody knows that AI has been the big boom for the last year. Everyone's talking what? about generative what AI and, and all that, that good stuff. Susan? <laughs> I know. Oh, oh, you haven't heard about this. When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> when did that happen? Um, <laughs> a couple of AI-related investments that we're really excited about are those that are applying AI to like heavy machinery in a refinery to set instead of having a human come in every five hours and precisely calibrate machines so they're working directly. What if correctly? What if we have AI doing that constantly, like learning what makes the machinery work best in a certain environment and then constantly tweaking it so you get optimized outcomes with without as much human interaction. So. Mm-hmm. We, we love that kind of stuff, like cutting-edge technology, but applied in ways that maybe not as many people are thinking about. Awesome. What are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days? Currently reading. So this is probably not the answer that you're looking for because my free time reading tends to be... Not about my job. This is for my audience. They love people (laughs) who are not reading everything related to their job. But I just started, there you go. I just started the Three-Body Problem trilogy. Hmm. So my husband read it a while back. I just had another friend recommend it to me. It's coming out as a movie at some point in the next year or so, I think. So I have to get on that ship. Hunger Games or is that the next Harry Potter? Like what what genre is that? Sci-fi. Oh, it's sci-fi. Sci-fi. Yeah, a little more. Yeah. But so So far, so good. That's going to be a little bit more, I don't know, Star Wars-y, I guess. I'll put it in that. Yeah, Oh, wait, what was the other one? Oh, I can't think of the other one. There was another set we were watching. It wasn't quite sci-fi, but it's interesting. I would say Foundations. I feel like everyone's no, watching that lately, no, too. It but also on my list. It was a, I love a good sci-fi. Sci-fi is great. It, it really does make you think out of the box. It really does. I said it's not related to my work, but I think if, if you could say any genre of, of like fiction is could be related to a job in tech, like it's definitely sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi makes you think out of the box. It makes you, I don't read as much sci-fi as I used to, but I do watch a lot of sci-fi. And it's funny because I watched Person of Interest, which was the thing about the dueling machines, one AI against the other AI, one was benevolent AI, one was less benevolent. And I said, oh, we're in that world now. Or are we in the world of Westworld? Are we in the world of Terminator? We're not there. Hopefully we'll never get there. Mm-hmm. But it makes exactly. you really think about, it. could the world really be this? Yep. I I love watching reruns of Star Trek Next Generation for that very reason. It's just so fun to think about what did they think the future was going to look like? On what dimensions have we gotten there versus not? What did they think some of the technology of the future would look like? Like, how is it actually going? It's it's fun to think about. Yeah, I always did Star Trek as well, if you think about it. Because I'm like, where's the holodeck? Where's the, no, where's the transporter? Where's the transporter? How can I get to five places at once? Oh, I'm here. And then I go somewhere else. I go somewhere else. I think we're getting closer to holodecks. (laughs) What's the closest thing we have to that? It would probably be like super immersive. 
yes. AR or maybe some of the or, like or haptic feedback like, suits that you're starting to see. Yeah. If you think about the Michael Jackson I heard in Vegas, that concert was very kind of holodeck. They had mm. those types of things happening along with other immersive, uh, immersive things. It's interesting because I was at the area... 15, I wanted to call it Area 51, but it's Area 15 in Vegas. And they had a lot of interactive, immersive things like that there too, which is always interesting um, to see that. Yeah, made you think. Definitely. All right, bonus question. Everyone gets it. In two years when we're talking, and hopefully we'll be talking before then, how do you see investing or venture capital having changed or evolved? First of all, I hope that the market's a little bit better in two years. (laughs) The last year has definitely been interesting for us as a fund trying to raise money and also for our portfolio companies. Definitely a down market currently and hope in two years. We're experiencing all of the, the plus side that is to be had because we're starting in a down market now. No, but maybe more practically... I'll go back to building a venture community in Oklahoma because while we're not an impact fund, it's a thing that I think about and and a big reason why I'm doing this job. I think our venture community here has grown 10x in the last five years. And Mm -hmm. and if it's a true hockey stick, then we'll 10x again in the next two years. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to see the continued growth of tech and venture activity, not just in Oklahoma City, but in non-tech bubbles. I think that's just really important for Mm -hmm. tech as a whole to continue diversifying outside of the major coastal hubs Uh, and is important suspects. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's important for like entrepreneur equity, right? Mm -hmm. I think there are really great entrepreneurs in this part of the country that aren't getting as much attention uh, or maybe aren't getting access to the resources that they would if they were in other locations. That would be what I hope to see from venture in two years is the non-coastal tech hubs are really crushing it. And I think what you're saying is valid, right? Where should, what? and you're doing it the way you guys do it, right? And you're doing it based on what's in your region, which is fair, But there are entrepreneurs there just like everywhere else (laughs) that Mm -hmm. require resources, funding resources, knowledge resources. So when I look at, uh, and I call it venture infrastructure, where are the entrepreneurs coming from? How are they getting funded? What is the angel like? What's the configuration of the venture landscape and locations? Mm -hmm. The more of that we have, the better off we are just in general, because then all ideas are not coming from one place. Yeah. There are a lot of reasons why I think tech outside of Silicon Valley is really exciting for entrepreneurs and for investors, but that's a key one for sure. Diversification and ideas. They're solving other kinds of of problems. For example, as much as Silicon Valley and I'm in California, so we're big on climate change and making differences, but in Oklahoma, you have different type of energy, climate change, climate information, problems that you can solve, mm-hmm. right? That we're not even looking at here. It, it's almost like those ideas can be heard and seen and powdered and utilized. And just like any entrepreneurial system, some will succeed and some will fail. That's just how it mm-hmm. works. 
but at least those ideas can be fostered and moved forward at some levels. It's being thought about in a different way because they have a whole different view of, oh, I came from these industries and I have a kind of a viewpoint on the thinking around how to solve a problem around oil and gas or how to solve a problem around water or how to solve a problem around other things, right? That are not yeah. from no, you know, I like think, California in my case, because I'm in California. <laughs> I think that's a great, that's a very astute observation. And we are, Oklahoma is, is an oil and gas state that's been the bulk mm-hmm. of our GDP for our history. But despite where you are on whether or not you like that, I don't think anyone believes that oil and gas is disappearing tomorrow as a source of energy for the country, for the world. And so there actually is something really important about investing in technologies that are making that more efficient. And we've seen some really interesting things out of uh, Oklahoma, Colorado, Houston, related Mm -hmm. to methane emissions monitoring and tracking and prevention. Um, Like all of these things that are actually incredibly important related to climate change. Carbon sequestration is another one they're working on. How to use sequestering carbon and you've got no no carbon to sequester, right? We're going to those places, like you said, to actually put deploy out things because Mm -hmm. that's where the problem is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and exactly. If there are ways we can make it better now, Mm -hmm. like those step changes are important too. In addition to the save the world 20-year totally clean energy solutions, which are important as well. It all works in conjunction, right? Hope we got to get there somehow. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. People are smart. They figure out things for some kind of way. <laughs> Putting our hope in the world and, and early well, stage entrepreneurs. In humankind, right? <laughs> humankind. Put, put our hope in humankind and let's see where we go from there. All right, Susan, how do people contact you? Yes. You can find me on LinkedIn at Susan Mooring. I'm also on Twitter. But the best way if you want to pitch us your startup, we have a contact form on our website that will ask for some basic metrics related to you and what you're building that will help us decide if it might be a good fit for us. We review all of those. And if it looks like something we'd be interested in, we'll set up a meeting. We can put that in the notes. If it's on your Perfect. site, I'll put that in the notes. Yes, it's on the contact tab. Wonderful. All right. Susan Mooring, thank you so much from Cortano Ventures for being my guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin T-R-A-I-L-Y-N dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.